0: Hey, Thank you for tuning in to the Once an Athlete podcast by the Rose Metal Foundation, hosted by Emily Watson. Once an athlete, always an athlete. Rose Metal's mission is to provide resources and support for current and former athletes. This is also a resource for parents of athletes to help know how to support them. In this podcast with Brooke, we will be talking about her experience as a dual athlete in college, going straight into coaching after college, and her podcast, After the Athlete. Okay, I have Brooke butkowski here. She played basketball and volleyball at Clarkson University in upstate New York. She got her bachelor's degree in innovation and entrepreneurship, and then she graduated in 2017 there as well with her MBA. She is now the director of operations for the volleyball team at Colorado University. Um, she grew up with three brothers who all played hockey, so that is a big part of her life. Um, that sport plays a big role. She enjoys watching hockey and games, um, such as the Colorado avalanche who just won the Stanley cup, um, in her free time. She loves to play golf, which is sentimental to her because her grandfather taught her how to play, she lives with her boyfriend, Fred, and they have a black lab named Georgia, who is eight years old. Um, Brooke loves to go camping, stand up paddle, yoga, work out at F45 and be outdoors. She is a host for the podcast called After the Athlete, which talks about the transition of sports. So thank you for being on this podcast.
1: Yeah, of course. I'm so excited.
0: <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So, Brooke, when did you start playing sports?
1: Um, gosh, I would say probably around like four or five kindergarten ish time. Um, I started with soccer and basketball because I feel like that was the, you know, sports to play as a kid. There really wasn't much more than that. Um, so yeah, since I was super, super little, probably like all the rest of us and then just continue to keep it in my life basically forever. So did you grow up in New York or Colorado or which one did, where did you grow up? Nope. So I actually grew up in Connecticut, um, a little town called Monroe. And it's funny, my parents are actually from there as well. So um, me and my brothers all went to the same high school as my parents, which is pretty cool. But then also not at the same time because a lot of the teachers and like principal, they all went to school with my parents or they taught them. So there was a lot of connections so if my brothers and I ever got in trouble or something. My parents definitely knew probably before us, um, <laughs> which is kind of crazy. And even my mom, um, I guess even my, um, you know, aunts and uncles went to the same high school too. So uh, we've been there forever. My parents are still there. Grandparents are still there. So it's just like a sentimental little place in my heart.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. And with the um, with it being in the northeast part of the country did did the weather have to do with what sports you uh, what what sports you were doing you mentioned like when you were in New York it was
1: like really cold most of the time and
0: yeah talk a little bit about like how the weather affected everything
1: oh for sure um, Connecticut was nice I mean not nothing crazy but definitely in upstate New York thank goodness I played an in indoor sport sports because there's no way I would have been able to handle being outside. It would be so cold. Your nose would freeze together. Your eyelashes would like close. It was like chill to the bone cold. Um, so that definitely helped me with that. Um, I mean, my parents both played basketball. So that was kind of throw a basketball in, in my hands and and run with it. Whereas, you know, they tried to do that with my brothers and my brother's couldn't pick it up i guess i would say as fast as i could um so they kind of tended more to like hockey and they actually played volleyball as well um and then football cuz my dad played football um so i think it was kind of more like the motivation slash i kind of did what my parents did and just kind of stuck with that um and that's why i did volleyball as well i mean no one had a background in that but That was something that definitely kept me in shape for basketball, at least, you know, both for college and for high school. And it was something new and different. And I was tall and I feel like I just like looked like a volleyball player and I feel like I was able to pick it up and um, I did. So I ran with it. And then, of course, playing golf in high school, that was a little bit difficult at some points in the spring with the weather, Um, but definitely wanted to play that because like you mentioned, my grandpa Um, taught me how to play. So that was, that's will forever be special for me. Um, I mean, we play together now, even whenever I'm home for the summertime. Um, And that's just a sport that you can play literally forever. Like I know my great grandpa played golf until he passed away. And he was, I want to say 92 or so. I totally could be butchering that age, but he got his first hole in one then. And that was like the most special thing for all of us in the family because he's been playing golf for so long and then and then got that um but when I decided to go play basketball at Clarkson I was like indoor sports only it's gonna get way too cold so (laughs) yeah I did that
0: yeah and you know emphasis on sports so that leads into my next question is how did you handle playing two sports in college oh
1: well to be fair I started off with one um I (laughs) To Clarkson just for basketball um, because that was like my main sport. And I didn't know what that was going to look like, honestly, going into college, like how much time and commitment that would have brought. And after my freshman year, um, I had a pretty good season. So I talked with my basketball coach and I talked with the volleyball coach. I was like, hey, like, I want to play volleyball too. I feel like I can do this. Um, And of course, he was like, okay do it, but don't get hurt. Um, So sophomore year rolls around and playing both. And I love it. I mean, it was a lot of time management, um, a lot of using my resources for, for the time management aspect um, for uh, academics. Like I was always going to TAs and counselors and, you know, making sure I was getting my stuff done when it needed to be done and keeping my grades up because obviously student comes before the athlete side of things. And, um, so that was a big thing. And then obviously my resources for recovery as well, and always being in the training room and taking care of my body. So I loved it. Honestly, I loved playing both. Um, it kept me grounded. It kept me disciplined. Um, and it kept me focused on, you know, what I wanted to do and kind of what I went to school for was, Obviously, I went to school to get my degree, but also to play the sports that I loved, and um, that was my routine. Daily was wake up, go to practice, you know, go to school, go to practice, um, you know, do homework, and then repeat. And you know, there was no time for really anything else. Um, but I loved it, and I feel like if I Thankfully it was division three. Cause I don't know if I would have been able to do that at a division one level um, just with that commitment. That is, it's a full-time job. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love it. I recommend it. If people are, you know, going to school at any level and think that they can handle that with the time management side of things with school, do it. Because not only um, are you playing two sports, but you're also now having two different groups of friends and, um, you know, just experiences, I would say that volleyball was such a different experience than basketball, but I loved both the same. Um, and then, you know, of course that leads to injuries, unfortunately, sometimes, cause your body does get worn down at some point. And, you know, that was another thing that I had to go through at school with, with that, because of course, my first year playing volleyball, I did get hurt, and that did not make my basketball coach happy because I had to miss my entire sophomore season of basketball. Um, and, you know, basketball being my primary sport, um, it was very hard. It was hard for me, it was hard for my teammates, it's hard for my coach. And it just made me learn, um, you know, how to lead differently and how to, you know, work with um, adversity and, how to overcome that.
0: Yeah. And um, those seasons are back to back,
1: right? Yes. Yep. Literally back to back actually like overlap for, I would say a month. Um, so oh, that yeah. was, that was a wild time. It was like, I would go to volleyball practice because vo- volleyball had priority of the court first. Cause they were like truly in season and basketball was just in preseason. So I'd go from my classes, go to volleyball practice, you know, do whatever I needed to get done right before basketball practice, practice whole, the whole basketball, have fi- Have time to eat, and then would be doing my homework and, and so on. And then that would be every single day back to back for a month. And there were a few times where I would miss um, like basketball games because volleyball was still going because we were so successful. Um, you know, and that was hard, hard too, because, um, you know, you just feel like you're hurting your team and you're letting them down by not being there and being somewhere else. And, but everyone was so understanding about it and so supportive too, which was awesome. And it made it a lot easier to do that balance when the overlap period was happening.
0: Yeah. I can't imagine that sounds like the busiest schedule ever. Like it's already tough being a student athlete, but having two sports and they overlap. Oh my gosh. Yeah.
1: It was wild. But again, like the resources and everything that I had, you know, was so helpful. And that was something that I'm happy I took advantage of because without that, there's no way I would have made it through.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, that's one of the best things about college athletics is they do give you those resources. So use them. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So with your setbacks of the shoulder, shoulder injury and the concussion, How did you handle those setbacks and how did you get back up on your feet?
1: Yeah. um, You know, so at first, I'm going to be honest, it was really, really hard. Just like, you know, anyone that has gone through a setback or injury or anything, um, it's hard because you love your sport so much. You want to be playing, you want to help your teammates and, you know, you just feel helpless and it's like, what can I do to, to help them in a different way? Um, I was always a leader by action and never, ever, ever by voice. I just am just not that person. So, you know, if I'm working hard on the court and, you know, I'm, I'm diving, I'm doing the extra things. Like I expect my teammates to see that and like, kind of do the same thing. Like, Hey, I'm going to put my body out there to win and to do everything right by this team. Like, and that just shows so much. Um, But when I got hurt after volleyball or during volleyball, I guess, um, and not being able to play basketball, I had to learn really quickly how to lead differently. Um, and that was really hard for me because, you know, I'm sitting at the end of the bench. I have my sling on, I, you know, had my surgery and we wouldn't be doing well in the game. And it's like, Oh, all I want to do is just go out there and help. And, you know, if I was out there, I would have gotten that rebound or if I was out there, I would have gotten that block or. You know that's just like the confidence that you you have in yourself um, by watching. But you know, a few games in, it was really hard, and I and I was young, so there's definitely no way I was handling it correctly. Um, but again, like bringing up those resources, I was close with um, our like assistant athletic director who was a woman, and you know she played multiple sports in college, and she was just like that person that I was always talking to if I was having a rough time or if I missed home, like she was just like, you know, that mom away from mom. Um, And she talked to me a lot about how, you know, my body language on the bench should be better and the things that I'm saying. And, you know, it wasn't really like a stern conversation, but she just kind of opened my eyes on, Hey, this is a different way on, on how you can lead and help your team. So that helped me so much. And then By doing that, um, you know I was helping the coaches. I was, I felt more like an assistant coach at that point because I was asking them, the coaches, questions on like, okay, like, why are we running this play? What are we doing? Like, and learning that back end of things, and then being able to communicate that to my teammates. Um, And that was an amazing um, experience for me because I think that has led now looking back like that has definitely led me to where I am now um so you know like everybody knows super hard it's it's depressing at times because you can't be out there and you can't work out really in a sense and that's so much to to everybody to you know you love working out you love staying fit you love playing your sport and then having that ripped away from you it's you know unexpectedly is hard um but was able to overcome it. It just took some time. It just took, you know, talking to the right people on, you know, even though those people that had experiences with that and how they learned from it. Um, yeah, that's why, you know, we all are come out stronger and that's what they say. We all come out stronger from injuries because we learned so much from it that we could bring, you know, to the next step.
0: Yeah. It sounds like the, um, assistant athletic director, uh, mentored you into making the most of your time instead of, I don't know, um, if I'm understanding this right, but instead of maybe like pouting or just like wishing, like it was different, you know, just, just taking advantage of the time to learn rather than, um, having a negative mindset towards it.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, without that, And I'm so thankful for that too, because you're not a true athlete, I guess, if you can't overcome those things. Um, because think about that. Like we go through so much as athletes, you know, your whole schedule has gone. You you can't do the things that your friends that don't play sports do. Um, but you learn so much from it and you have so much experience from it. And I, gosh, I thank her for that because yeah, I was upset. I definitely was pouting because it's like, I just want to play. I just want to be out there. And you flip that mentality and it becomes a positive outcome rather than a negative outcome. And, you know, you can't control the things you can't control and how do you grow from that? Um, so yeah, yeah. You, know, you definitely nailed that on the head.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, so on a different note for college, um, you got your degree in innovation in entrepreneurship and then an MBA. So Do you feel like you would have done a different degree if you weren't a student athlete? Um,
1: No, I don't think so. I really love the, I love the business side of things for everything. Um, And just the innovation entrepreneurship, like spin to it is, is fun because it's like you can do whatever you want to do, start your own business. um, And then the MBA aspect obviously just excels that. Um, So no, I definitely would have done the same exact thing, but I think if I wasn't an athlete, I just would have been more involved with school and like yeah. clubs and, you know, whatever would have really excelled me to the future of the real world. Um, but, yeah, I didn't have time for that kind of stuff. Yeah,
0: so. yeah. Uh, you can still have like a really high achieving degree, but then you still don't have time for like internships or clubs or. Right. Yeah, um, I totally get what you're saying. Um What was one of your favorite moments while competing? Ooh,
1: I would say my favorite was my sophomore year, um, volleyball. So right before I got hurt, Um, volleyball was a different experience for me because I was not like the starter on the court. I wasn't a captain um, till later on, but um, I was more of a role player. I was more of like a teammate. Um so you know I was always on the sidelines I barely played but it was the best time and it was you know how can I make sure that the girls that are on the court are killing it and you know doing what they need to do and make sure that they're in you know high spirit high spirit so I felt like I was like the ultimate cheerleader at the end of the bench um but anyway with that we won um our league so you know we were very successful and won our league, ended up going to the NCAA tournament, ended up winning regionals on our home court because we hosted. So we went to the lead eight. And I <laughs> I can't believe how much I cried because I was so happy and I like couldn't believe, you know, that we did that as a team. Like we, you know, our goal was, you know, do well, win the Liberty League. Okay. Check. Yeah. And then, you know, make it to NCAAs because you win your league. And then it's like, all right, you know, now we're playing the top teams in the country, you know, just keep playing our game and, you know, get, you know, get through one by one and end up winning regionals. I mean, it was unbelievable. My goal going into college in general was I want to win a championship and how am I going to be able to do it? And at that point, it was only basketball that I knew. Um, So you know, being able to play volleyball, the second sport, and then doing that, it was unbelievable. And then, you know, fast forward a few years, I'm in my first year of coaching um, basketball as an assistant. And we won the Liberty League for that and go to the NCAAs. And I mean, both times hysterical crying. I'm so happy. I'm so excited. Um, I remember For that one specifically, my brother was visiting and my brother actually went to Clarkson as well um, after the fact. But there's this picture of me cheering on the bench. My brother's like right behind me because he's like in the stands, like about to freaking tackle me because he's so excited. And like the whole crowd, because it was like a sellout crowd, uh, was cheering. And like you just could see everybody's expressions and like the excitement and I mean, I'm getting chills talking about it right now, but both of those moments were probably my all-time favorite. And I'm so happy that I was able to experience it in both sports Um, and, you know, be able to check that, that goal off that I had going into college. And, you know, that picture was hanging up in our athletic director's office for the longest time before he retired. And, You know, that was also just so special to me because it's like, you know, out of all the pictures that he could have had from all the sports and all the years that he was there, that was the one that he put up. And I get to share that with everybody there and and even more special that I get to share it with my brother. So yeah, I mean, those two definitely will forever stay in my memory.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. And um, especially when you mentioned that it was just one step at a time, because if you think too far ahead you're gonna end up stumbling so um I love that you guys took it one step at a time and you ended up winning
1: yes for sure
0: awesome um so you mentioned a little bit um but in your first episode on after the athlete you mentioned how challenging the transition from being teammates with everyone to being their coach the next year is so how did you handle that role change
1: yeah um Yeah, that was definitely the hardest for me. Um, you know, I had really, really great friends, um, my senior year of basketball on that team and, you know, going on to that next step of being their coach the next year, it was really hard. It was so hard for me. It was so hard for them. Um, like, you know, not being able to hang out all the time or be in their apartments or dorms. Um, we couldn't party together anymore. Um, yeah, again, really, really hard. This was another moment where I was able to talk to my athletic director and, you know, she mentored me on this too, because, you know, Clarkson was just a small school in a small, in a small town. So, you know, all my friends were still undergrads and I had a whole different group of friends that were um, coaches or, you know, other coaches as well. And, it's just different because then you see your friends like out or you want to hang out with them. Cause you, you know, you love them. You've spent four five, you know, three, four years together and then not being able to hang out all of a sudden it's, it takes a toll. Um, so, you know, I, I talked to, um, uh, my athletic director about it. I made friends with all the assistant coaches for all the other sports, which was great. And that was such a awesome time too. Cause we all just like came together knowing like, Hey, this is the group that, you know, we're going to roll with this year, next year. Um, and just learning how to mature real quick. I feel like after my injury sophomore year, I had, I matured and, you know, just learned different ways of going about life. And that was the same with, with not being a teammate anymore and being a coach and, you know, having that professional level and the boundaries and, you know, having them also respect me, um, in a way of, of listening when I give them direction or have them change something up or, you know, that kind of thing. So it took a lot, um, for both, both sides, I would say, but, you know, in the end it, it helps everybody. And, you know, that was also a way of my teammates being able to see me lead in another vocal, um, way rather than on the court. And, you know, I think because they knew the type of player that I was and what I did when I played, um, that did give them the respect of me while I was coaching. Cause it's like, okay, she knows what she's talking about. She just wants to help. Um, you know, like let's not make this hard on her. Um, so yeah, you know, it was great, but it definitely takes a long time to get used to.
0: Yeah, especially because you're coaching at the same school that you played at. Right. So those people were just your teammates. That's tough. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely relate with that, (laughs) Um, except I went to a different school. So, um, yeah, luckily it was, I went to um, school. I started being a GA like right before COVID. So I was able to make friends at school right before COVID shut everything down. So um, yeah. what a wild time for you
1: to do that too, during that yeah. time.
0: Yeah. Mm. Um, okay. So what was the transition out of playing competitive sports like for you and what did you do in your newfound free time?
1: Yeah. Um, so obviously, you know, first was becoming a coach instead of a player. Um, so that was, really hard in itself with the friendship side of things, but also like the not playing, like, yes, I was still at practice at those times. I was still watching them lift, but I wasn't participating in that. So that was hard. Um, So, you know, what I would do is, you know, the friendships that I made with the other coaches um, we would either wake up early and get that lift in and I'd play basketball at, at noon with, you know, anyone that wanted to play. Um, So I kept staying at it for, you know, a few years, I feel like just because I missed it so much, I was still so young. I was able to do those things. So that kind of kept me sane of making a routine of lifting and playing and running and doing those things. Um, but you know, the competitive side of things like what, what, how do you keep that? Um, so after I graduated with my MBA at Clarkson, I moved out to Colorado and That was a whole different experience because I didn't know anybody here. um, So I couldn't play pickup if I wanted to. Um, I had to join a gym or, you know, find something that I loved that made it feel like I was still being athletic. Um, So I got into running a lot and would run races and did a few half marathons. And that just kind of kept me, you know, in shape, feeling athletic and competitive. Um, And then, Last year I joined, um, F45 and I'm obsessed with it because that like makes me feel like I'm on a team again. Like I go yeah. same time every, every morning at five 30, we see the same crew of people. Um, you know, if you're not going to the class, you hear it. So it's kind of like not going to practice and your team is like, where are you? You need to be here. Um, and you know, that competitive side of things and the lifting, Um, so, you know, just finding different ways of, um, staying in shape, staying, you know, competitive, and then also making, and a group around you that makes it feel like a team. And, you know, that takes some time too. I mean, I didn't, I've been in Colorado for five years and it, on my fifth years when I was like, oh, I should try this place. And now I'm like, I will never leave it because it is like the same thing of, the locker room and the bus rides and, you know, just that camaraderie of, of everything.
0: Yeah. Sounds like the real transition happened when you moved to Colorado. Cause you know, I asked what you did in your newfound free time. It's like when you turn into being a coach, especially at the, the school that you're, you were just at um, it's like, there is no free time, but yeah, when you move to a completely new place uh, yeah, there's definitely free time, and yes, um, this is definitely another plug for F45. <laughs> totally. love, love F45.
1: <laughs> I will always, forever plug F45. I think all four episodes of After the Athlete we have somehow brought in F45. So forever F45.
0: <laughs> yes, and I mean that's it feels natural since all of you work out there or. I mean, Lexi coaches, but same thing, right. uh, but yeah, that's really awesome. I, I love it, um, as well. Um, so speaking of after the athlete,
1: what's your favorite podcast episode so far? Ooh, Honestly, all of them. Cause they're all so different and so unique. Um, and right now we just have four out, but I would say my favorite is the transition from sports, um, that we talked about. I think that was episode three and just hearing about, you know, all three of our experiences and all of the skills and qualities and lessons that we've taken from sports and transition to the real world. Like, you know, the competitive side of things or the discipline, the time management. I mean, everything that you have done as an athlete transitions into your life afterwards. And, you know, I'm so thankful for that because there definitely are times where, you know, I don't want to do something or, you know, whatever. And it's like, no, no, you got to do it. You got to stay on track.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and I feel like if that wasn't drilled into my head at a young age, like, I don't know how I would be right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that one definitely was my, my favorite one just because I loved hearing, um, Danica and Lexi's, you know, side of things as well and how similar yet different, um, we all are. And, and that's every, every athlete and, and everyone, like anyone, you know, that transitions from high school to college and college to the real world. And then, you know, the different jobs in the real world that you take everything just from when you were little doing sports, just keeps growing with you as you get older.
0: Yeah. And for a little bit of context, um, Lexi ran track and cross country at Oregon state and Danica uh, was a cheerleader at Colorado state. So definitely I completely agree with everything, like everything that we do as athletes, like it translates over to everything after, um, and like work, uh, working out like this morning, the F45 coach was like, Hey Emily, how are you this morning? I was like, honestly, my attitude needs to change, but I showed up. So hopefully it'll change. And yeah, just it, If I, I feel like if I didn't have the discipline of being an athlete, I probably would not have shown up this morning, but I'm glad I did.
1: And I'm so happy that you did too. Today was a good workout. Yeah, it It was tough. It was tough. But then, you know, there's that teammate aspect because today was track stars. You have to have a teammate with you and you're doing the workout at the same time and you have to stay disciplined with the time. Um, But yeah, no, I think about that all the time when I do not want to wake up in the morning. And I'm like, I don't want to go to class. But you're like, nope, it's like practice. You got to go. You got to get better. So, yeah. Yeah. I
0: felt like an athlete again. Like I feel like the um, college athlete athlete comes out in me whenever workouts like this morning were with – like I was like counting down the seconds for my partner, and I was like cheering him on and stuff, and and like no one else in the room was like really doing as much as like <laughs> I was. I feel like I'm I'm like really getting into it. Like <laughs>
1: this yes. is like
0: a college. <laughs> it.
1: It's funny because that I, I was partners with Danica today, and that was the same thing. Like we're counting down for each other, we're cheering, <laughs> we're like looking around, and talking. yes, talking, <laughs> love it. <laughs> so
0: yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, moving on. So what aspect of the transition out of sports was the hardest for you and what advice, what advice can you give to athletes on
1: what you learned from that? Um, so I would say the hardest transition for me was, um, probably making new friends in a sense. Um, just because, you know, as an athlete and on a team, your teammates are your friends and they're your automatic friends. Um, (laughs) whether you like it or not, uh, And that was amazing. I mean, obviously going to to school as a freshman, you don't know anybody. And those are your your friends. Um, When I first had to or when I was a first coach, um, you know, having those boundaries and not being able to hang out with my friends, like how do you make friends with different um, interests and, you know, differences? And that was something that, you know, is hard, but yet easy at the same time, because obviously you're all coaching. So you all have, um, similarities of loving sports and loving to help people and whatever. Um, so, you know, it's just hard to, to meet new people and to get in your groove of things again. And, um, I think my transition from, you know, New York to Colorado, that definitely was the hardest for me because I, it was hard, um, when I had my first job, um, you know, there's only a few people that are my age working in sports at a division one level, Um, you know, especially that young, you're still so close in age with the kids, but you can't, you know, hang out with them. Um, So making friends is probably the hardest side of things, especially as you get older. It's like, you know, you just have different responsibilities on your plates and you're all at different um, chapters. But um, I mean, you come out of it and you find something that does um, make you friends and you know, you could go hiking with them and, and do whatever. So that's why another F45 plug, I love F45 so much, is because, you know, even though we are, we're all close in age, there are still some people that are not close in age with us, but we're all so friendly with everybody and we're all a team. And it's like, oh, hey, good morning. Like, you know, oh, I didn't see you yesterday. Like, you good? Um, so I love that. So, you know, it just takes time. Um, but my, my advice, I guess, with the transition – side of things is just, just take your time. Don't rush into anything with, with that, do what you love and, you know, the friends and everything will come. Um, and then, you know, even just before you transition, uh, my advice is enjoy every moment, um, because you just don't know when that time's going to be taken from you, either injury or graduation. Um, it's the best time, of your life for sure, being with those teammates, being in that locker room, taking those bus rides, those flights, um, you know, winning games, losing games. It's amazing. It's the best feeling. So cherish it, you know, take it day by day and enjoy, enjoy. That's definitely my advice. Yes. I would agree with all of that. Every word. Love it. (laughs) Do you have anything else to add? Um, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, we definitely hit everything. And obviously, everybody's experiences are different, but yet they're the same. And, you know, the things that you struggle with when you do, you know, go from a student athlete to the outside world, um, it's going to be hard. And, you know, there are going to be times where you're going to be like, wow, why? Why is it like this? But you know what? You're not alone. And I think that's the biggest thing to say as well as like, you're not alone. There's so many people out there that are feeling the same way that are probably dealing with the same things because you're not playing that sport anymore. And you've started when you were four years old. Um, and, you know, I think that's why I love doing after the athlete and, you know, now being um, on here is just because there's so many of us that we struggle with things, but we don't realize that we're struggling with things. And then when somebody says it out loud, you're like, oh my goodness, wait, I I feel that way. I I agree. Like, you know, we've had so many people reach out when we've done these episodes and it's like, wow, I, I didn't realize like this was impacting you or I never knew you were going through something like this. So it's it's nice to talk to others with the same experiences for sure and just all get through it together. Yes, exactly. Everyone go
0: listen to after the athlete.
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> so okay. fun. Yeah, thank you so much for being on this podcast. Yeah, thank you, Emily. This is so fun. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed listening, please be sure to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Spotify at once an athlete and Facebook at once an athlete crew. If you missed the last podcast, our guest was baseball coach Brian Billings. In that episode, we talked about his approach to coaching baseball at Pacific University using a growth mindset and giving his athletes the tools to be successful on and off the field. Up next, we will have Devin Sorrell as our guest on the podcast. In that episode, we will be talking about coaching changes, nagging injuries, and finding a job after sports. Become a supporter of the Rose Metal Foundation by making a donation at www.rosemetalfoundation.org forward slash donate. So far, we have shared the stories of 36 current and former athletes, and we are currently piloting a new mentorship program coming soon.